0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for being here. See, you guys do my heart really, really well because I thought at 9 o'clock, because we're having the Father's Day Fiesta after the 10.30, I thought I was going to be preaching to myself. So I'm glad that you're here this morning. Uh, If you're a dad, thank you for leading your family to go to church on Father's Day on a day where, yeah, absolutely, you should clap for that because this is a day that many dads say, you know, I take a day off of church. This is my day. So thank you for leading your family Towards worshiping the Lord, a couple of things I want to let you know about. First, the card when you walked in, you received a bulletin. Don't put those bulletins away because we're going to use them in a minute. But the card is important because we want you to know that we want to know that you're here. We want to pray for you. We want to be able to serve you any way that we can. So please mark it on your card. Anything that we can help you with. VBS is coming up. Uh, it's coming up uh, very very soon. It starts next week. Uh, it's on the twenty uh, fourth through the twenty eighth. And so uh, please be in prayer for that of all the workers that are coming, all the people that are serving. So please uh, make sure you pray about that. Also, there's a newcomer's class coming up in July. So if you want to find out more information about the church, you want to join the church, that's the way to do it. We had a great class in June. Uh, all the people that came to that class are going to be joining next week. So we're excited about that. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, the fiesta that I mentioned. That's happening right after the 10.30 service, so if you don't have lunch plans, come on back, or maybe you're serving next service. Uh, We're going to be out in the lobby. There'll be all kinds of setup uh, with all kinds of Mexican food, and we're going to have a bunch of games. We're going to have a a taquito eating contest, so if uh, you want to see some uh, guys get sick, it's going to be awesome. Uh, So we're going to have a fun time with that. I um, want to let you know that launch is coming up, so if you're a parent of a rising sixth grader, uh, those are the dates for launch up there. It's a couple days to get your students ready to get into the student ministry. It's a great uh, couple days, so make sure you make a note of that. We've got some more details coming about that. You uh, elected Alex Acree last week as our brand new elder, so we want to say congratulations uh, to Alex. He had the announcement up there of the the congregational meeting that we had. So he is our brand new elder. We're thrilled to have him uh, on board with that. And uh, two more things. We want to celebrate with uh, Ivy and Kyle Schalkers with the birth of Maribel. So an awesome thing to welcome her in. So if you know them, shoot them a note, uh, let them know that you're praying for them. And then finally, the students had a really great time at Passion. I just want to say thank you to all the leaders, everyone that was praying, uh, it was a great week. The kids had a phenomenal time. There were hundreds of kids that came to faith in Christ. Some right here from Good News. We're going to share some more stories with you next week, but I wanted you to see a couple of the pictures that were up there. They just had a really great time praising uh, God, so thank you for everyone that served, especially to, to Dylan and Pam uh, for getting all the things ready, all the details in order so that the students could go to Passion. So it is Father's Day, so um, you guys know I like to give away things. So you can't have a Father's Day without having a giveaway. So on your bulletin, should be on the upper right hand corner. Five of you have a little sports sticker, uh, guys. You should be looking on there. I think it got handed to all guys. If you have a little sports sticker, will you come up here? Because we, ha- we have, we so- have. I'm not going to embarrass you. We have, we have something for you. Okay, you come on up. Come on up here. Come on up here, guys. Come on up here. All right, this is awesome. This is awesome. All right. Thank you, you got all five of you up there? Is there more? There's six of you? All right, that's fine, I've got got plenty. All right, Ben, all right, you uh, get the first prize. This is a Bluetooth speaker. Plus, you get an upgrade this morning to go sit in the man cave in the back. So you and whoever guests you wanna bring with you, you can go sit back there in the man cave. There's donuts back there, there's refreshments back there. It's a great way to watch the message, all right? Okay, let's see what else here. Bo got you a Texas Day Brazil uh, gift card. You ever been there before? No. Dude, dude, dude. It's amazing. Okay? All you can eat meat. You can't go wrong there. Okay? All right? Uh, anybody up here golf? Anybody up here golf? You go, I know you do, Ron. Okay, how about you get the golf one? Top Golf. You ever been to Top Golf before? Now you can go to Top Golf. It's an amazing time. It's an amazing time. It's a great way to, um, to, to invest in your pastor, too, if you want to bring him. Just, yeah. just saying. Just saying. All right, let's see what else we got here. Um, none of you guys golf anymore? No, no other golfers? All right. Any of you eat? Any of you eat? You eat? Okay. Here we go. This is a barbecue set with an uh, Outback gift card. So how about that? Is that good? All right, sweet. Congratulations. Any of you like to sleep? Like to sleep? Either one of you like to sleep? You like to sleep? I got a, a hammock here and a Yeti uh, tumbler. So there you go. Congratulations. Way to go, man. Thank you. And then uh, finally, since you waited at the end, I'll give you a choice either the Outback gift card or a hammock. All right, there you go, buddy. Awesome. There you go. Way to go. And uh, all the rest of you, you're not going to leave empty handed either. Um, All the guys here this morning, even if you're not a dad, we want to give you one of these because you could be praying for somebody else's children or maybe a a niece or a nephew. There's these awesome prayer cards to pray through for your children from family life. Uh, I love these cards because it gives specific um, Bible verses to pray. You don't have to come up with anything to say. It's all written right down there for you. So as you're leaving, all the guys will get one of those. All right, let's spend some time in prayer together. (coughs) Almighty God, your Son, Jesus, taught us to pray, taught us to pray our Father in heaven. And on this Father's Day, it has a special meaning to us. We're more thankful than ever that you're a perfect Father. You're always with us, you encourage us, you comfort us, you teach us, and you discipline us in truth and love. Lord, even in the midst of our sin, because you are a perfect Father, your love endures forever. We pray this all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is a, an honor for me to preach on Father's Day, and um, I get an opportunity to be able to brag a little bit about the dads that are in my life. So I want to introduce you to the my, the dads that are in my life right here on the left. That's my stepdad, Paul. And uh, if any of you are stepfathers, you know the challenge of kind of stepping into a family and trying to parent, trying to find the boundaries and. My stepdad, Paul, did a great job of showing me and reinforcing me in me the importance of hard work, and, and he was fun-loving. I remember he started playing, but he didn't have a sports background at all, so he grew up on, on a farm, just really hard working. didn't play a whole lot of sports, but he knew I was into sports, and so he signed up for an adult baseball league and uh, played in this adult baseball league because he knew that I was in the sports. This is the kind of guy that he is. So awesome to have a great stepdad. And then in the middle is my father-in-law, Don. Many of you know him. He goes uh, to church here, and he's actually you say celebrating? I guess so, because he's still alive. Uh, Celebrating a year and a day. Yesterday, he had um, a major heart surgery uh, a year ago yesterday, and so, so glad that he's still here. He has great wisdom. Anytime I have a question in my life, biblical question, or uh, how to apply it in my life, he's my go-to person. Just really, really thankful for him, and then my dad, Mike, all of you have at least seen him because he's the parking captain, so uh, he gets everyone parking everywhere, and uh, just so grateful that outside of my best friend, Christy, he, he's my best friend, and I'm so thankful that we get to share life together and do life together, and, and so it's an honor to be able to talk to them on Father's Day and talk to everyone else here, but I know for some of you, uh, you're women, so I don't want to lose your interest this morning. So I'm going to try to keep your interest as we talk uh, specifically to the guys in here this morning. Uh, some of you are, are are single guys and you just want a godly woman to be married to. Some of you, this is a really uh, painful day for you because you really want uh, to be a dad, but you haven't, haven't been able to have children. So we, just, we see you and we recognize you and we care for you. Uh, others of you, it's painful because you've lost your dad or... You're estranged with your, with your father, and the pain that goes with that is, is really difficult. And other you, others of you are dads, and you're just trying to survive, trying to figure this whole thing out. Other you, others of you are dads, and things are going well, and, you have full, and you're full of joy. And so I just want to be able to encourage you all this morning, no matter where you're at, with the power of God's Word. And that's the cool thing about God's Word, is that it's living and active, and it meets us where we're at. I mean, that's why it's so, so great to be able to be a preacher, because you just unleash God's word and let it go out and let it change people, and that's what I'm praying for you this morning. And so we're going to look in First in Timothy chapter 1, and this is where Paul is encouraging his mentee, Timothy, his son in the faith, and he's encouraging him uh, to keep going and to, to be gospel-centered. And so this is what Paul says to Timothy, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength. That he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy So that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by following him, you may fight the good fight, holding on to faith and good conscience. Some have rejected these and so have shipwrecked their faith. See, I think for for too long the call in Christianity to men is just be nice. Just be nice guys. Just be nice, godly guys, just be kind. But is that really what the call of the Bible is? See, I know I want something more than just being nice. I want to be able to stand for something. I thought on this Father's Day, I put together a little two-minute movie montage of some uh, what the world thinks of as manliness. So here's that two-minute video. Move, 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 move. Get up, boy. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Get up. Keep that head up. Keep those hands up. Keep those feet moving. Everything we're going to do is change. We are changed. We're going to change the way we run. We're going to change the way we eat. We're going to change the way we block. We're going to change the way we tackle. We're going to change the way we win. Sons of Scotland, I am William Wallace, and I see a whole army of my countrymen. Here in defiance of tyranny, you've come to fight as three men, Man you are. You've are. got to lay that heart on the line, man. From the soles of your feet, with every ounce of blood you've got in your body, lay it on the line until the final whistle blows. And if you do that, we cannot be defeated. Let me tell you something, you don't let anything, nothing, come between us. Nothing tears us apart. Many years from now, would you be willing to train all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives but they'll never take our freedom you do whatever it takes use your training, use your head evade and survive and we will bring you home do you understand? we will bring you home how you play today From this moment on is how you will be remembered. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship but it is not this day an hour of walls and shattered shields when the age of men comes crashing down, but it is not this day. This day we fight. Will you ever quit? now? Yeah. Right. All right. So this is a message about being the gospel centered dad. So guys, it's okay to grunt a little bit, to say amen during the message, okay? You're allowed to do that. Can I hear you a little bit? Amen. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Ron. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. See, this is, this is not a call to be like Rambo or become like Rocky or be Matthew McGonaghy trying to give an inspirational speech. It's not about taking steroids or having gold chains. It's about being men. That are loved by God foundationally. And because you're loved by God foundationally, it changes who you are as a guy. It changes who you are as a dad. It changes who you are as a person because you know deep down who you're valued by, who you're cared by, who you, who's loves you deeply, where your identity is. Your identity is not how big your paycheck is. Your identity is not how far you climb up the corporate ladder. Your identity is not in the degrees that you get. It's not in anything else besides Christ. See, that's the gospel-centered dad. And that's what Paul fully understood. Because he was way away from God. And then he met Christ. And it forever changed him. See, this message is, is for men, they're going to stick up for things that really matter. That have their hearts centered on the gospel have their hearts centered on things that are going to change the world. See, the gospel-centered dad is, is amazed by grace. The gospel-centered dad is amazed by grace. People today are not really amazed by grace, right? What, what are some things that people are amazed by today? What are some things? <laughs> well, yeah, athletes. Yeah. What else? What are, things, what are people amazed by? Money. Yes, fame. This is the things that people are amazed by. You know, I've been in ministry for a long time and doing it formally for 17 years, being a pastor at this, uh, at this campus for over eight years. And I can't remember a time where, people, where anyone's come up to me and said, Pastor, I, I'm just amazed by how much God loves me. I'm just amazed by the grace that he gives me. I can't remember a time that anyone's ever said that. I've had plenty of time people say, I can't believe that this is happening to me. God must be this, this, and this. But I've never had anyone say, wow, I am so amazed by his grace. And the gospel-centered dad gets that, and Paul understood that because he was a murderer, He was a persecutor. He was far away from God. And then he met Jesus, and everything changed. He realized how much sin was in his life. And because he met Jesus, everything changed. And he was completely amazed by grace for the rest of his life. The gospel center dad is, is amazed by that grace. In order for us to be amazed by his grace, we have to realize how wretched and awful our sin really is. And this is my favorite part of preparing this message because it, got, it had me have an opportunity to think in my life of all the ways that I've fallen short. All the ways that I've sinned. All the ways that I've messed up as a, a friend and messed up as a father and messed up as a dad and fallen short as a, as a pastor. All these ways that I messed up, and you might be thinking, why is that your favorite part of message preparation? Well, it's my favorite part because as I realized how bad and how awful my sin is against God, I realized how amazing His grace is in my life. If you're not convinced that your sin is bad, we see all through Scripture. You're going to have to call God a liar because here's what Scripture says about your sin. That all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans uh, three says. In Romans three ten it says, as it's written, There's none righteous, not one. In Romans five it says, Therefore, just as one man just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, thus death separated spread to all men because all sinned. In Galatians chapter 5, it talks about the deeds of the flesh. And these are the things that just come naturally to us. These are the things that just come out of our, our flesh. Look at all these things impurity and debauchery and witchcraft and hatred and discord and jealousy and fits of rage and selfish ambition and dissensions and drunkenness. It goes on and on. This is not a positive list. In fact, this thing, these things, these sin in our life, it, it separates us from God. And I want to show you that with just a simple illustration. I know some of you may all the way on the back can't see this, but it says G-O-D. It says God, okay? You're out there. God's over here. And this is what gets in the way. See, our sin blocks us from getting to God. Our sin, we can't have fellowship with God. He's holy, holy, holy. He's mighty. He's powerful. And that sin separates us from God. But when Christ entered the world, it's an amazing thing that he took away our sin. He put it all on him. So not only does he cast the sin to the side, he puts it all away. He puts it all away so that we cannot even see that sin anymore. See, if Jesus was doing this, see how hard it is to get sin away? That's why we need Jesus. Just pretend it's in there, okay? Stupid (laughs) thing. All right. It'll be better at the 1030 service, okay? I promise. See what happens? I sit in my office on Wednesday and think, this is a really good idea. And then I try to implement it, and the thing doesn't work. But that actually is a great example. Because on our own, we cannot get rid of sin. But in Christ, he he supernaturally takes it away. And because he supernaturally takes it away, we're able to have life. Romans chapter 5 says this. But God demonstrated his own love towards us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And in Romans 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So for you, if you're trying to do things on your own you're trying to get rid of sin on your own and it just won't go away you just can't get it to go away know that in christ you can have it go away because when christ came he came with a purpose. So that you could have eternal life. So you could have his righteousness. So you could make the best trade ever. So you could stop being separated from God and now have fellowship with God. And it's about admitting that you messed up. Admitting that you have messed up as a dad and as a husband. Admitting that you messed up as a person. Then it's believing in Christ and then confessing that you want to follow him with your life. Paul got that. He understood that. He was so far away from God. He, was, he didn't even know his need, but when he met Christ, he realized how needy he was. And you and I are needy, too. If you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, won't you put your faith in him today? It's the most important decision you could ever make. Be the best Father's Day ever to know the Heavenly Father, to know the one that's perfect, to know the one that, that will give us forgiveness will give us love. If you've never trusted in Christ before, you can come and see the prayer team after the service. Come see me after the service. You can do it right in your seat. Trust in Jesus for eternal life. And once you trust in him, you can join the party of being someone that is a sinner that is forever loved, who is deeply flawed, but also can be uh, gospel-centered and can be a great leader, because that's what happened here with Paul. Paul says this in the first couple of verses. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who's given me strength that he considered me faithful appointing me to his service even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief See he didn't come to know Jesus because he became really scholarly he didn't become to know Jesus because he was wildly intelligent he didn't come to know Jesus because of any of those things He came to know Jesus because he realized his need. He came to know Jesus because he saw how wretched his sin was and the power of the Spirit worked in his life. He was once a blasphemer, someone that injures other people with their words. He He was once a persecutor, one who was putting people in jail and killing other Christians. He was once a violent aggressor. See, we talk about, in Christianity, we talk about our past. We say that, yeah, there may be some things in our past that, that God has forgiven us for, for and, and he can move in those ways. But very rarely do we talk about our present. See, our present is, is full of sin too. And, and God uh, and God worked through Paul's life and Paul said that. He says that in, in verse uh, 15. It says, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst so he says he was a blasphemer he was a persecutor he was a violent man and now he's the worst of sinners as he drew closer and closer to the one who is holy 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 his timeline of who he said he was changed and he got worse and worse we see kind of his timeline here that in first corinthians he said that he was the least of the apostles The least of the the group of people that were falling closely after Christ. And then he draws closer to him and he understands the gospel more. And what does he say? Then he says he's the least of the saints, least of the the whole church. And then he says in this scripture, I am the worst of all sinners. What's going on there? Is he thinking worse and worse of himself just on his own? No, he's actually thinking of himself more identified in Christ. And as he's more identified in Christ, he realizes how, how wretched he is and how wretched he was and how much he needs Christ. And because of that, he sees his ministry and his service to the Lord is not a drag, as not a hassle he saw his name serving on the usher list he wouldn't be like oh gosh it's my week to serve see he saw it as a blessing because he remembered where he came from and when we remember where we come from brothers and sisters in christ we can't help but rejoice in how good god is he was deeply flawed and amazed by grace and the gospel center dad should be amazed by grace because we're all deeply flawed Verse 16 and 17, it says, For that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. You see what he's saying here? He's saying, God demonstrated in me his grace because I was far away from God. Not because I was a good example, but because I was the worst example. And because I was the worst example, he got to work through my life and show his grace and mercy. And when he thinks about that, his first response is to praise and honor God. See what he does there? He praises and honors God. And that should be our first response too. As people in Christ, as the gospel center dad, we should be amazed by his grace and by his mercy. And this is the story of the whole Bible is that we see people that are far away from God, that are deeply flawed, that God uses in amazing ways. I'm so grateful and thankful for that. I am deeply flawed. We are deeply flawed. But God can use us in tremendous ways because he's shown that all through the history of the Bible. I mean, he used Noah. What was the first thing that Noah did when he got off the ark? Anybody know? He got drunk. What an amazing man of faith. You look at Abraham. You look at Moses. All these people deeply flawed. You look at the disciples who I often call what? Knuckleheads. Because that's what they were, deeply flawed knuckleheads. But they understood grace. And so our action step for this week, for this month, for this year, going forward, is to model amazing grace. See, Paul is urging Timothy to stay in the battle despite the apparent gains of the enemy, the evil one, in the church as Timothy was trying to pastor and he was trying to preach. And I want to encourage you this morning that Jesus has already assured the ultimate victory over evil. So keep on fighting, dads. Be the one in your family that stands up and is the spiritual leader, not by trying to model perfection. You don't have it all together. So just give that up, model grace. When you model grace, you're stepping out into the front lines, and you're saying, I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to be the gospel-centered dad that steps up. And listen, I'm a dad. I, I get it. It is really hard. And you're going to mess up. That's why it's important that I share with you this quote from Winston Churchill. As he rallied his country to fight Nazi Germany, he said, this is the lesson, never give in. Never give in, never, never, never in nothing, great or small, small, large or petty. Never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force. Never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. Now, when I hear that, my first reaction is, okay, what am I going to do to stand up for the en- against the enemy? But in scripture, we see that we have one that's fighting for us that's even more powerful. And in 1 John 4, it says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so as dads, as moms, as brothers and sisters in Christ, when we stand up, And and take a stand for the gospel. We're not doing that on our own. We're doing that with the power of Jesus. We're doing that with the power of the Holy Spirit. We're doing that with the power of a perfect heavenly father working in our lives. And we can relax a little bit. We can relax a little bit because our children are not Jesus. They're not. They're not perfect. Our identity is not in how they act the naked gospel is not jesus plus really well-behaved children equals everything it's jesus plus nothing equals everything i mean in scripture we see that all have sinned. i mean isaiah chapter 56 we all like sheep have gone astray you know who that includes that includes your children we've all gone astray and um In Mark chapter 7, we see that there is no good person, that we've all fallen away. See, our our children are sinners. And that's why it's so important as the gospel center, Dad, to model that grace, to be amazed by grace. Because I see so often, especially in World Golf Village, when our kids make good choices or they accomplish something Um, athletically then there's a lot of pride and a lot of self-righteousness see I must be a good parent I must be a good dad because look at what my kids are accomplishing and then I see the complete opposite too that when our kids don't quite act the way we want them to act maybe they're not quite doing the things that we expect them to do then there's shame and there's People that are crushed by that because their identity is so closely tied to the way that their kids act and behave. As the gospel-centered dad, as gospel-centered people, we need to be amazed by grace. And that's the same thing with our kids. That. As our kids are growing up, as our kids are learning about Jesus, we need to point them to to being gospel-centered too, that they find their identity in him because everything else will fall short. Everything else will lead us to a place of despair. So relax. Your your kids are not Jesus. Just like you mess up, they mess up. And they need you to model grace and model uh, what God modeled to you. You also need to relax a little bit, and some of this is going to really hurt your feelings. You're not Jesus. Surprise. Some of you act like you're Jesus, at least when you come to church. You want to make sure everything looks perfect. You want to make sure that your family looks perfect. You want to make sure that you show everyone that things are going well. And when you post on social media, everything is going to be really nice and perfect and awesome. You're not Jesus. We, we all fall short. We're not the Savior. We're not our kid's Savior. We're not anybody's Savior. And so it's so vital that we understand his grace and mercy. And listen, I understand this probably more than anyone. Because for so often in my ministry life, I tried to be people's saviors. People would come with marriage issues. I would think, God, I have to say the right thing to save their marriage. People would come and they'd be struggling with parenting. I would say, this is it. It's on the line. It's up to me. I have to help them become better parents. I think about people that walk through this door, and they're looking for inspiration. They're looking for love. They're looking for comfort. They're looking for anything. And I think, I've got to give that to them. This is my one shot. But God's convicted me of this over the years. I'm not your Savior. God has allowed me to be in a position to be able to have the great honor of, of pastoring this church. But if I don't point you to the one that is the Savior, then I've completely failed. I'm not your Savior. Jesus is. You're not your own Savior. Jesus is. Be the gospel center person that God has called you to, do, to be. Because just like Paul, you need to relax and realize that you need Jesus too. That you're a, a great sinner at the same time as being someone that has been greatly loved. You're humble and you're helpful. You have a great Savior. I mean, when was the last time you just took some some time and just sat with God and just said, thank you? Thank you for being my Father. Thank you for having the Holy Spirit in me. Thank you for sending a Savior into my life. Help me be amazed by your grace. When was the last time you sat and thought about your sin? All the ways that you've disobeyed Him. All the ways that you've messed up. All the ways that you've fallen short. And said, thank you that my identity is not that anymore. That you've pushed away the wall of sin and now I can come directly to you. What I tell my kids all the time is that you get a front row seat to all of daddy's mess ups. They do. They get to see me in some of my best moments. They get to see me in some of my worst moments. But in all those things, I want them to know that my identity is in Christ. And I want to give that to them. And we're not going to do that perfectly, and that's why it's so important that we model grace, and that's why we take this challenge. You see, I showed that manly montage, and it's fun to watch all these things that are, that are manly and tough and all these battles going in, but don't you realize that the most exciting adventure and battle that you have to face in the front line is being a gospel-centered dad. The Antarctic explorer Ernest Shackleton was looking for risk-taking men, and he posted this ad in, in 1913. Men wanted for hazardous journeys, small wages, bitter cold, long month of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. He had 26 spots to fill. 5,000 men signed up. This is the time before social media. He did this all uh, just by word of mouth in this ad. 5,000 men signed up. See, deep inside of the heart of, of guys' is adventure, and, and this happens with women too, but I, I feel it as a guy that, that, that I want to venture, that I want to make a difference, that I want to make my mark in the world. And in so many ways, we think that we have to go outside of God's plan to do that. But don't you realize, guys, he's given us the greatest adventure right in our own homes. We have people looking at us. We have people wondering how we're going to act, how we're going to handle situations. And instead of trying to handle those with perfection, let's handle those with grace. Let's handle those being gospel-centered. And part of that is that we need to recognize our sin. And we need to recognize how great Jesus is. The senior pastor of Good News Church, Smiley Sturgis, who mainly preaches at our Wildwood campus, uh, he went to a funeral f- uh, fairly recently in Orlando, and they played the song Amazing Grace. Except theirs wasn't quite so amazing. Their version went like this Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a soul like me. If you're familiar with the song, the version is saved a wretch like me. But they didn't want people to feel bad about being a wretch. So they changed it to soul. And R.C. Sproul says that most people want to sing the version that goes like this. Amazing justice, how cruel and sharp that wounded a saint like me. I'm so darn good, it makes no sense that things went bad for me. You see, we're not amazed by grace. We're not amazed by grace as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're not amazed by grace as, as mothers and fathers in our home. But when we change our attitude, And we sit and think about all the ways that we've been saved by grace. We realize that our identity is in Christ and not in sin anymore. That he's taken away the wall that separated us from God by what he's done on the cross. We can't help but be amazed. And so model that amazing grace. Remember that your kids are not Jesus. and You're not Jesus. But you desperately need Jesus. When we realize that, when we remember that, we can be gospel-centered people. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for the men that have taken seriously the call to be godly fathers. Please bless them and give each father the wisdom and the energy to finish the job well that doesn't end. Lord, help us to reject the passivity that comes from the first Adam who stood by silently as the evil one assaulted Eve. Help us to reject that. Help us, especially the men on this Father's Day, to act with godly strength and compassion and model grace. In Jesus' name, amen.